So if you want to turn to Genesis 1, 11 through 13, I want to start there this morning and just kind of, before I give it away, I just kind of want to go through some passages and see if you see kind of what I'm seeing. So I want to start in Genesis 1, 11 through 13. And God said, let the earth sprout vegetation, plants yielding seed, and the fruit trees bearing fruit in which is their seed, each according to its kind, on the earth, and it was so. The earth brought forth vegetation, plants yielding seed according to their own kinds, and trees bearing fruit in which is their seed each according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. And there was evening, there was morning, the third day. I'm going to move over to Hosea 6, 1 through 2. Come, let us return to the Lord, for he has torn us, that he may heal us. He has struck us down, and he will bind us up. After two days, he will revive us. On the third day, he will raise us up, that we may live before him. This time is kind of talking about a revival of religion amongst the 12 tribes, one religion amongst the Jewish people. The city was amok, fraught with everything wrong, false idols such as Baal are prevalent at the time. These two passages are kind of speaking about renewal, starting something from dirt and making it something uh, productive. Our God is a jealous God, and false idols are just not going to work. Let's move to Exodus 19, 4 through 11. You yourselves have seen what I did to the Egyptians and how I bore you on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. Now therefore, if you will indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, you shall be my treasured possession among all the peoples, for all the earth is mine. And you shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation." These are the words that you shall speak to the people of Israel. So Moses came and called the elders of the people and set before them all these words that the Lord had commanded him. All the people answered together and said, All the Lord has spoken, he will do. And Moses reported the words of the people to the Lord. And the Lord said to Moses, Behold, I'm coming to you in a thick cloud, that the people may hear when I speak with you, and may also believe forever. When Moses told the words of the people to the Lord, the Lord said to Moses, Go to the people and consecrate them today and tomorrow, and let them wash their garments, and be ready for the third day. For the third day, 
the Lord will come down on Mount Sinai in the sight of all the people. So you're starting to see what the Lord our God is doing in these passages. The Lord came to the people on the third day as thunder. He's establishing a covenant with the Israelites. And after exodus from Egypt to Mount Sinai, at Mount Sinai they receive the Ten Commandments. The Israelites have to do their part. Let's move over to Matthew 12:40. I'm going to grab a little water. Thank you. Kind of a good synopsis verse here. For just as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of the great fish, so will the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. So Jonah was sent to denounce the wickedness in Nimavith. But he set sail in the opposite direction. Jonah wanted the Ninevites destroyed rather than change their ways. When we go to Jonah 1.17, Jonah was tossed over at his own request and a whale swallowed him for three days and three days, much as the Lord in his resurrection. Jonah was given a duty by God. Do we shrug away when we're called by God? Jonah was told to deliver a message, yet he did what he wanted. Ooh. <laughs> Are we doing what we want rather than what Jesus wants us to do? Jesus, our Messiah, was persecuted, put on the cross, died, and was put in the tomb. Yet he didn't change his direction as Jonah did getting on that ship. How many times are things amuck in our lives, but we're brought to a place of calm, a place of renewal? The winds were pushing the boat in all different directions. The other people on the ship praying to idols, yet Jonah offering himself. I kind of wonder if Jonah was more looking for death. Yet the Lord saw that he could be used and allowed him to be swallowed by the whale. Three days in the belly to be delivered up and spit out. He then went and did as he was told to do. Jonah didn't get the results he wanted, but the Lord used him. I would go as far as to say, taught him. I think we need some teaching in our lives, right? Yeah, thank you. Let's move over back to Genesis 22, 1 through 19. After these things, God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, and he said, Here I am. He said, Take your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Morath, and offer him there as a burnt offering 
on one of the mountains on which I should tell you. So Abraham rose early in the morning, saddled his donkey, and took two of his young men with him and his son Isaac. He cut the wood for the burnt offering, arose, and went to the place of which God had told him. On the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place from afar. Then Abraham said to his young man, Young men, stay here with the donkey, and I and the boy will go over there and worship and come again to you. And Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on Isaac, his son. He took in his hand the fire and the knife. So they both went together. As you can see, Isaac's not, not seeing what's going on here yet. And Isaac said to his father, My father, here I am, my son. He said, Behold the fire and the wood, but where's the lamb for the burnt offering? What's going on here? Abraham said, God will provide for himself the lamb for a burnt offering, my son. So they went, both of them, together. When they came to the place of which God had told him, Abraham built the altar there and laid the wood in order and bound Isaac his son and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. Then Abraham reached out his hand, took the knife to slaughter his son. But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, Here I am. He said, Do not lay your hand on the boy or do anything to him, for now I know that, your fear, that you fear God, seeing you have not withheld your son, your only son for me. Abraham lifted his eyes and looked, and behold, behind him a ram caught in a thicket by his thorns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered it as burnt offering instead of his son. Wow. Wow. You know? Abraham, essentially being faithful, was blessed by God. Provided for land, descendants, and blessings. This covenant God had with Abraham was on the third day. Amazing what faith Abraham has to offer his only son for the Lord. God offering his only son just as Abraham did. This same three-day theme in Abraham's situation, a blood covenant through the sacrifice of his son, but then to be spared an animal sacrifice instead. Let's, let's talk about this covenant uh, to be in a covenant relationship is to have a contract. Many times, contracts are sealed. God established a blood covenant with you and I. Jesus dying on the cross, his blood on the cross for us all to see. The sealing of contracts was done through mingling of blood, blood sacrifice of animals, spilling of blood in the cup and drinking of it. Notably, women were not considered good witnesses to these covenants. One ritual I read about, the blood covenant from the slaughter was wiped on a newly planted tree for all to see. That the house was under a covenant relationship. 
During Old Testament time, they didn't just sign legal papers like we do, three parts, triplicates, and notaries. and They weren't done in the same way as what we do today. And sometimes I wonder, do we realize what we're signing? Are we willing to bind ourselves in these contracts that we sign? It was a serious bond to be in a, in a covenant. The slaughtering of lambs, much like Jesus slaughtered for the forgiveness of our sins. During some of these animal sacrifices, the lamb was cut in half and they would do figure eights through the center of the animal. These rituals and the covenants or agreements entered into were familiar to the people. That's how they did it that, back then. How could the Jews not understand who Jesus was? through all these signs and symbols, much mirroring what their lives were like. The rules and rituals were supposed to bring people closer to communion with, with the Lord. How could the Gentiles not sin behind, uh, how, how could they not follow Jesus? The only way to end this was to have the ultimate lamb sacrifice. Jesus was to be that sacrifice. I'm going to move over to Matthew. Matthew 27, From noon until three in the afternoon, darkness came over all the land. About three in the afternoon, Jesus cried out to the Lord, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? When some of those standing there heard this, they said, He's calling Elijah. Immediately, one of them ran and got a sponge. He filled it with wine vinegar, put it on the staff, and offered it to Jesus to drink. The rest said, now leave him alone. Let's see if Elijah comes to save him. When Jesus had cried out again in a loud voice, he gave up his spirit. At, the moment, at that moment, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. The earth shook, the rocks split, and the tomb broke open. The bodies of many holy people who had died were raised to life. They came out of the tombs after Jesus' resurrection and went to the holy city and appeared to many people. When the centurion, those, when the centurion and those with him who were guarding Jesus saw the earthquake and all that had happened, they were terrified and exclaimed, Surely he was the Son of God. The resurrection had to be that blood covenant to the people for their sins. No longer did they have to keep the kind of the myriad of laws and rituals that were supposed to bring Jews closer to the Lord. Instead, all the Jews and Gentiles had the opportunity at everlasting salvation. Instead, Jesus took up the cross to be crucified for our everlasting life. Crucified, died, and laid to rest in a tomb by Joseph and a rich man. 
Mary Magdalene and the other Mary were there. Three days later, later, Mary and the other Mary, going to finish the preparations, find the tomb empty. Why Mary? Why Mary? Going back to what I said earlier about covenants, and women were not revered. They were not held up like we do now. God does amazing things with those thought less deserving, the lame, the blind, the poor, and yet Jesus shows us many miracles. Not following the Sabbath, he heals a man, for instance. Many people thought something wrong with a family such that sin brought blindness to this man. Jesus corrected them and simply healed the blind man. Jesus sitting in the pre presence of an adulteress and calling everyone out that these less than desirable people are worthy of the Lord's grace and time. We are worthy of Jesus' time. Jesus is laid in the tomb with a heavy rock for a door. The tomb guarded by soldiers. No way anyone's going to steal Jesus' body. If you were in Sunday school, <laughs> you certainly got that idea. These men that were guarding it were just not average day wimps. The third day, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary came to the tomb. When we move over to Matthew 28, 2. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for the angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone and sat on it. We started from creation back in Genesis about how nothing, dirt, was made into plants and trees and could bear seeds. We moved through covenants that God made with his people. We can see patterns of these three-day struggles of preparation to, made, to be made a new creation. We, too, can experience this new creation in Jesus Christ. Jesus, holding steadfast to the Lord's commands, took the ultimate blood sacrifice on the cross. He took away our sins so that we may walk in communion with God. Amen. Let us stand, and if we could have the praise team come back up. On the third day, just as Jesus risen, just as scriptures ordained, just as Jesus prepared the people, can we be that new life to those around us? Can we disciple others? If you are in need of this salvation, step up and have someone pray with you. Reach out to another person in the church. Have them walk with you.
Don't let another day pass. Accept Jesus as your Savior and Lord. It's an everlasting life. You will be a new creation. I just want to thank everyone for allowing me to share today. God is with me to the end of the ages because I believe in Jesus. We're going to, I'm going to have us repeat Matthew 28, 19 through 20. It just kind of speaks to what's our part? What do we got to do as believers? Can't just sit on our hands. We got to do something. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe other. And hold, I am with you always to the end of the age.